This is OBS Radio, a service of OBS International, a division of Greater Works Business Services. And a pleasant good evening to you. Hope everyone is doing well. Welcome to the Author Showcase. I am Keith Williams, your gracious host. And this is the podcast where we do exactly that. We show some love to our uh, to individuals who are book publishers. They publish a book, or they may have published a blog, or they, you know, into video blogging. And we often have people who are either uh, social media influencers, they're publishers, or they are a publishing coach. So any one of those uh, individuals. That's who we uplift and that's who we showcase here on the Arthur Showcase. And today we have another great guest with her, us today. I'd like to introduce to you Stephanie Jordan. Stephanie, welcome to the show. Thank you uh, so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So first of all, tell everybody who you are and what you do. Okay. Um, my name is Stephanie Jordan. And... I am a cosmetologist of 24 years, career shifting into author, teacher, speaker. Um, I published my first book back in 2011, um, and my personal life kind of went into a tailspin, and I've just published my second one this year called Believing in Boundaries. Uh, so uh, so let, let's talk about that for you know, uh, example, uh, how important for us to have boundaries. Oh, yes. <laughs> I, um, I hmm. came into adulthood without knowing really anything about boundaries. Um, I had a bunch of terrible friendships, um, and sick relationships. I married an alcoholic, um, thinking I could love him sober, hope him sober. Um, and that was never going to happen. And I actually had Holy Spirit conviction about not marrying him, but I was 21 years old. I knew nothing about any of it. And I married him anyway. And um, he ended up beating me up when I was pregnant with my son. And I left at that point and tried to work the marriage out for two years. Um, but he was never going to get help. Um, and then after we divorced, um, about a year later, I married, um, again, and we had a ministry together and all this, um, stuff we were doing really well. And then he ended up having a relapse on drugs and um, he was sober when we got married, but I knew about his past. And um, that was when I really began to um, start going to Al-Anon meetings. And um, I really learned my part of the cycle of not having boundaries and my part of how I kept getting myself into bad situations and um and so it started it kicked off a journey 
um, that I've been on really for 20 years to learn boundaries and what they are and how to uphold them and to break my codependent tendencies. Yeah, and that's, that's, so, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, that, that's that's the thing about the Holy Spirit. Uh, Holy Spirit tells you something and, you know, you ignore him. There's dire consequences. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's absolutely right. The Holy Spirit knew what was coming. And in my ignorance, I, I did. I absolutely ignored um, the warning. And um, and you're absolutely right. There were dire consequences for sure. So, uh, so how did you, uh, you know, so, you know, I look at boundaries as like uh, a wall, you know, a protection. And, um, you know, you know, you know, we're living in a world, especially like uh, if, you know, you got to say yes to everything, you got to agree with everything, you know, or you're going to get, you know, ignored, bamboozled, canceled, you know, whatever, <laughs> you know, you know, the case may be. So how, how does boundaries, you know, and we lose friends. Mm -hmm. You, you know, you know, we lose friends because you know we, uh, you know, we we got this boundary. You know, you know, we have boundaries. You know, you know, we're protecting ourselves. You know, we're protecting our mental health. So, how does boundaries, you know, play a role in in, you know, in transforming your life? Um. So. That, those are all really good points that you made because um, so boundaries are made to protect you. Boundaries have absolutely nothing to do with other people. Um, it's what is safe for you. And then through that, you recognize whether other people can respect your boundaries and then can choose how much access you let them have with you. And I think that is one of the um, challenges today is what you said, that whole getting canceled um, or getting bamboozled. It's such a good point because for most people, first of all, none of us like to be told no. None of us. We all want to be told yes all the time. Yes, you're awesome. Yes, you're perfect. Yes, you can do this. Yes, you can do whatever you want. Yes, do it if it makes you feel good, you know. Um, but the very, the very beginning of all boundaries are saying no. So if you can't accept no, if you can't accept being told no, then it's really hard to begin to say no. And so I think um, one of the big parts is you have to quit being afraid of losing people that are unhealthy around you and that won't respect your boundaries. Um, because, it is, because it is, you will get pushback when you start to set boundaries at first. Um, those unhealthy friends that I was mentioning a few minutes ago back in my 20s, I don't speak to any of them anymore. And it doesn't mean that I don't care about them. Um, 
we're just not healthy people for each other. We don't relationship well with each other. And so there's really no point in trying to make a relationship with those people. I would always be fighting to protect my boundaries and to protect myself. And that is not beneficial relationships and relationships really should be beneficial. So like you said, just a second ago, it, it being a wall, I like to think of it like a fence around your yard. You know, nobody gets angry because somebody fences in their backyard. They understand that they're protecting their space and creating privacy and nobody can just walk into your backyard fence without kind of violating that privacy and um, in that space. And so boundaries are setting a fence around your emotions, your mental health, your goals, your life, um, and your heart. And you only allow people inside that space who are willing to respect those things and take care of them. Does that make sense? Yes. Are, are those are some of the things that you talk about in your book. The, the first book. The, uh, um, did, did I lose you? No, I'm here. Yes. Uh, you... Believing believe in boundaries. Yes. Okay. So I uh, talk about... Um, cultural boundaries, relational boundaries, and faith practice boundaries in my book, because I feel like um, those are three areas today that we need boundaries so much. The culture has a real tendency to be pushy today in unhealthy ways. Um, kind of going back to what you're talking about, you know, being canceled if people don't, um, jump on a bandwagon they're um they're against you and that's just not always the case that's just not really real but the culture is pushing that and you um like pushy sales people yeah yes like, like they just can't take people they just, they just can't take no for an answer <laughs> yes yes that's exactly right that's you exactly just gotta 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 Yes. You know, and they can be like so annoying. Absolutely. You know, and, and I'm like, what part of no don't you, you know, understand? I mean, is it the end you don't understand or the <laughs> O you don't understand? <laughs> That's exactly right. You're like, it's it's a very simple word. It's no, just no. And that's so true. People just really um I love that you say that, like pushy salespeople. I think that's so perfect. It absolutely, that's a lot how the culture has become. You know, the old cliche used car salesman, like you you want this, you have to have this, you have to think this way and be this way and you're wrong if you don't. And, you know, really um, as, as a Christian and as a believer and follower of Christ outside of the Bible, um, I don't have to agree with anything. So um, if it if it doesn't align biblically, then I'm standing firm regardless of what you think or feel about it, right? Mm -hmm. 
Uh, but it's, but it's, it's, it's also like the way that, you know, you know, we express, you know, ourselves, you know, we could be telling the truth, but it's, you know, you know, people are rubbed off about, you, you know, you know, how we say, you know, for example, uh, you know, the Bible says it were, were to speak truth, you know, and love, right? But then you got some people just like brutal, you know, they, they just cut you down. They just like, they're arrogant, they're pushy, they're bossy. Yeah. Uh, they're narcissistic, they're nonchalant, you know, all of these things. They're not, you know, they're not biblical, but they think that because, you know, uh, if, for example, if I act that way, then that means I'm a strong person. Oh, that's a lie. You know, me being arrogant and, and bossy and all of that does not make me a strong person. It makes me uh it makes me a stupid person. There's nothing uh there's nothing strong about being arrogant, you know, just so that you know you can make yourself look good while at the same time you're cutting someone, you know, else, you know, down. It's not it's nothing strong, you know, about that. The problem is that people don't want to accept the truth or at face value. That's right. You know, and they make every excuse in the world. You know, like you were saying about uh, your ex-husband having uh, an alcohol problem, right? Um, yeah. In the therapy counseling world, um, as a, a certified counseling practitioner, the first thing that I, you know, would tell people is that I can't help you unless you realize you have a problem. Yes. You know, if you don't admit, admit that you have a problem, you know, how can I help? That you is know, so, so true. So admitting a problem, you know, you know, means that it means two things. Number one, it means that you're taking responsibility, you know, for your behavior and your actions. And number two, you're willing to be vulnerable. You know, a lot of people are not willing, you know, to be, you know, vulnerable, you know, because if we, you know, you know, if I become vulnerable, mm -hmm. then the culture says, you know, I'm weak. You know, I let people push me around, you know, run over me, you know, especially when it comes to, you know, boundaries and mental health it is so important because if you do not have boundaries, your mental health is going to be all out of whack. Now, does your book talk about that? Yes. Um, I don't. I mean, yes and no. I don't touch a whole lot on mental health aspects of it, though that's all kind of included. I do talk specifically about um, what you were talking about, you know, the, um, the codependent mentality of people like pushing on you um, and having kind of a, a doormats are us thinking um, because like in the Bible, um, we're told to forgive and as Christians and believers, especially in today's culture, um, we're like, you know, you're supposed to keep forgiving and keep forgiving and keep forgiving. And people use the scripture where Jesus says, I say to forgive your brother 70 times, seven times, um, or, or 70 times, 70 times. And I was like, um, 
anytime you take one scripture and stand on one scripture and you kind of remove the fullness of scripture, um, you can get really sideways because the entirety of that passage is where um, Jesus is talking about having, if they have a repentant heart, continue to forgive, which means when, when people hurt you, like your, your spouse or uh, your best friend or your parent or family member or whatever, somebody you're in close relationship with, if they continue to hurt you over and over and over again, but not repetitively with the same thing, then you forgive. For example, your mom tells you that you look like poo one day when you're leaving to go to work. And you're like, hey, mom, that was rude. I don't want you to say that to me again. That hurts my feelings. And she's like, okay, I'm sorry. And she doesn't say that again. But then she hurts your feelings in another way, another time. Like you, you continue to forgive. But if someone, if she says, hey, you look like poo over and over and over and over and over again and repetitively and repetitively after you've asked her not to that is not what that scripture is talking about because she has an unrepentant heart. She does not see that she needs to change her behavior. So like I've the part of the importance of boundaries talking about the mental health issue is you have to recognize when people are willing to be repentant for their behavior and that's when you work toward healthy relationship. But you can't you can't work with people that are obstinately and deliberately willing to just continue to hurt you. And so the importance of boundaries is learning to heal your broken places so that you know how to set good boundaries. And you're not setting boundaries out of the hopes of controlling somebody else. And then you measure um, what relationships can actually hold boundaries because the people that you're continuing to be in relationship with are honoring those boundaries. And then your, your mental health is so much better because you're not having to repeat like repetitively say the same things to the same people over and over and over again like ramming your head against a wall hoping they're gonna change does that make sense yes and actually i never really you know looked at that scripture in the manner you know you just you know mentioned you know and you know in my brain you know, it's like every time someone's hurt me, I'm supposed to forgive them. You know, that's why I keep hearing. You know, and I especially keep hearing that from none, you know, Christian. Okay, and that right there really burns me up because, I'm, you know, I'm like, okay, uh, the scripture says that it talks about the fact that how can you, you, you know, uh, you know, how, you know, how can you understand the things of God if you're not in him, meaning that you're not saved, you right. know, but if, you, you know, but people, you know, non-Christian, you know, basically telling me, 
you know, how to be something that they're not. I have a problem with it. You have a problem with that. And so, and that's where, you know, my boundaries, you know, you know, come with. Okay. I am not going to, you know, sit here and have a conversation, you know, about manners that they don't know anything about. You know, we're not right. supposed to have counsel with the ungodly anyway. Yes. You know, we're to flee from them. Yes. You know, because they're, you know, they're dangerous. So that's where, you know, my boundaries, you, you know, come with. Okay. You know, and next thing you know, you know, these fights are, or words are in, you know, infused. And I say this, I said, look, everything don't, you know, deserve a response. If I like, if you want to shut someone up, don't respond. Just yes. zip it. You that know, is and absolutely and correct. And they'll definitely go away. Now, that's not, you know, like having a fence, you know, around you, a boundary. I don't know what is. That, that's exactly Right. Because everything don't deserve a response. Yes. You know, and I, and I, I, I have that, to learn that. Yeah, I think that's wisdom right there, right? Like, that's some beautiful yeah. wisdom in that not everything has to have a response. Um, talking about non-Christians say, using the Bible, here, here's the thing I, I love. I always say if a non-believer tries to use the Bible against me, you can't use the Bible against me because the Bible is always for me. So there is nothing in the Bible you can use to condemn a Christian. There is no condemnation in Christ. So there's only conviction. And if the Holy Spirit isn't convicting me, which is my source by which I am judged to, um, to hold my behaviors, right? The, the Holy Spirit gives me the power to walk um, in the ways of God, then you can't use the Bible to harm me or hurt me. So when non-believers say mm -hmm. things like that, they're, they're using, they're trying to use the Bible against you as a believer. And that's just not even possible. Um, mm -hmm. But yes, yeah, so forgiveness is, and I talk about this in my book. I, I have a whole chapter on forgiveness. Um, forgiveness is for us. So forgiveness is critical for our healing. And, um, and God gives us the power to forgive for the sake of our healing and freedom. However, forgiveness was never made for a free-for-all. Forgiveness was never in like part of um, being used as an abuse tool or tactic. So you can forgive somebody without remaining in relationship. And sometimes that is like what you have to choose. You have to choose to sever the relationship and then work through the processes of forgiving so that you have freedom and full healing from the situation, but mm. remaining in that relationship is not, is not always the case at all. I, I, I totally, you know, agree with that. You know, there's a saying that uh, don't let uh, a snake bite you twice. Yes, I love that really really you know you know you know 
you know, you, you, you know, I think that I learned my lesson, you know, by snake bending me once, you know, but if I opened up a can of worms and allowed the snake to, you know, bite me twice, you know, then, you know, I can only blame myself. You know, why am I continuing to allow this behavior, you know, to take place? You know, then I have to realize I got a serious, I have a serious problem. You know, and, and until I admit that, there's no way in the world that, you know, anyone, you know, can help me because I'm thinking everything is okay. You know, I'm thinking <laughs> yeah. I'm right. You know, I'm right, you wrong. You know, that's it, case club. But it don't, right. it does not work that way. That's correct. So why do you, why do you think boundaries are so important? So there's a, um, there's a concept, an over concept, I feel like today of, of toxic relationships and toxic people. And um, as a Christian and a believer, I believe that all humans are made in the image of God. And so they are not um, toxic. When you say toxic, you think of, you know, things you need to get rid of right? Toxic chemicals you want to get rid of and, um, you know, things that are toxic you want to get rid of. Well, as image bearers of God, we're not disposable. We're eternal beings and we're super valuable and we're all made with purpose. So this concept, I think, of toxic people has really harmed um, the ability to relationship well and so I really think that's where boundaries come into play. If we set boundaries, if we can learn to accept no, learn to say no, learn what's healthy and good for us and help teach other people how that looks for us, then we're able to relationship better and and I, I believe this concept of toxic humans and toxic relationships would dissipate if boundaries were more understood, practiced, and placed out. And I really kind of feel like that's one of the reasons that God put this on my heart so much is because it has been such a lifelong lesson for me. I mean, we're talking, you know, 20 years worth of learning how to um, set boundaries, hold boundaries, heal. Um, and so the, the more I've been able to set boundaries in my life, the better my relationships are, the happier and more peaceful my home is. Um, and it really just kind of blows my mind how the overall experience of life has become better because I'm willing to hold boundaries. Um, you probably uh, answered the question, how did you become interested in the subject of, you know, boundaries? Yeah, it's been, it's, um, it's been a lifelong journey. <laughs> I definitely, um, did not come naturally for me. I'm a, I'm a, co a controlling codependent. So I feel like if I have control over a situation that somehow I can make others do what I want them to do, 
Um, and then you have enabling codependence who um, enable the person thinking that they can fix the person. So uh, an enabling codependent is going to be the one that's like always giving them money or a place to stay, even though they're abusing it or um, making excuses for them over and over, calling into work for them, stuff like that. Um, and a controlling codependent will think as long as they have control of, over the situation that they can control their the behaviors of somebody else. And I was a controlling codependent. I, I still am at something I still have to work for, work through every day. Um, and that's my that's my part of any addiction cycle so any toxic relationship that i experience myself in my part is almost always going to be as a controlling codependent um and so i really have to um remember that and when i hit situations then I have to say, okay, what part am I playing in this and really work through my part so that I can set healthy boundaries around myself and, um, and not try and control somebody else, not expect someone else to change because what they're doing doesn't work for me. And um, so it's been a very long journey and my heart with believing in boundaries is to really to get other people to understand the importance of boundaries and help to begin to establish boundaries but i think that the understanding the need for boundaries is like just the cresting of the sun in the morning of life you know what i mean like it's just the smallest part, but if we can begin to understand we need them, then we can really learn how to establish them. And how does that affect your personal life in the past and in the present? Before you answer that, I want to read this excerpt here um, uh, about Stephanie. Um, she has five children. Uh, plus four, uh, with current husband, has been married, divorced, widow, and remarried uh, on a salon company and a publishing company. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, she's currently uh, an author, teacher, speaker, has been a cosmetologist for 24 years and have been self-employed for 21 years. Uh, um, most of what she brings in her experience, um, you know, has to do with her relationship, you know, with God. And so, uh, how did those things, uh, you know, strengthen your faith and your relationship, you know, with God while, you know, continue, you know, to go through these things? Um, well, boundaries has helped me strengthen 
strengthen my relationship with God because it's helped me to understand trust and that God established boundaries. He established boundaries in creation. He established boundaries with relationship. Um, and Jesus is that is the largest boundary. You know, uh, the Bible says that um, the only way to the father is through Jesus Christ. So that's a huge boundary for us. If we're not willing to accept that boundary line, then we do, don't have free access to God. So um, like learning those things has really helped me through all my challenges, um, my divorce with my ex-husband and then my second husband passed away um, um, after 10 and a half years of marriage. Um, and we, we have five children um, and boundaries were everything. Boundaries kept me sane. Well, God kept me sane and boundaries helped me from killing anybody. <laughs> And, um, and then even being remarried, um, and my husband has four kids, so we have nine together. Um, even being remarried, setting boundaries and learning the place of grace between, um, him having an ex and me not having an ex and just the complexities of a large family, um, it's been critical for us to be able to have boundaries with each other and with the family. And we're still learning that that's, um, that's still a big part of my current story is navigating, uh, the complexity of a blended family. Let's uh, shift gears now and talk about your second book, A Dose of Reality. What is that about? Um, so A Dose of Reality came out in 2011, and it's basically um, an encouragement to not live on antidepressants for mothers. Um, so it's primarily written for a female audience. Um, and it's just a, it's an encouragement to um, recognize that women, moms are the emotional foundations of their family. And if they don't know how to control their emotions without popping a pill, then the chances of their children being able to are slim to none as well. So, um, so that's what a dose of reality is about. So interesting because uh, in college, uh, my major was psychology and I wrote a paper. And in this paper, I talk about the fact that uh, one of the reasons why <clears throat> the you know, mental health is the way it is, is because uh, doctors only treat the symptom. Yes. And not the underlying cause of the condition that you have, because if they actually dealt with 
the issue itself rather than the symptoms of that issue. A lot of people uh, will be out of the hospital and perhaps these doctors will be out of a job. <laughs> That's exactly right. So to keep them dependent on that particular doctor or hospital or medical clinic or what, you know, what have you, you know, they'll have these treatment plans, you know, and nine times out of 10, uh, pills are involved. <laughs> so there's yep. never any real resolution, you know, to whatever problem, you know, that they have, uh, because while they're dealing with the symptoms and everything may seem to be okay for a little while, that illness is still there. So they have to keep going to the doctor for all of these treatments. Yes. And so I, that is the cycle of the healthcare system, you know, overall, which I don't even, you know, want to call it, uh, you know, medical care or healthcare, because I don't think that that's the correct terms to use in that case. And I got into a lot of trouble, you know, for that, among other things. You I bet know, you, you know, did. <laughs> you know, now, mind for you, though, you know, I went to, uh, you know, a Christian school that was highly conservative. So you can imagine where I, uh, where I'm going, you know, with this. But uh -huh. <laughs> I uh, I stood my ground. I'm you so know, proud I stood of you. I stood my ground. You know what? You know what's the worst they could have me? You know, kick me out of school for what? Right, right. You know, for exercising my First Amendment right. That's right. You know, it's well, and I think ridiculous. the voice of truth is always relevant, even when it makes people angry. Right. Right. You know, because, you know, the truth would stand on its own. I could just say it once, you know, that's it. And it's going to travel far, you know, that's but right. a lie, you know, I got to keep, you know, I got to, you know, keep the lie going, you know, by dishing out another lie. And before you know it, you know, that small grain of mustard seed, which represents a lie, ended up being Mount Everest. That's right. You know, and that could be damaging not only to me, but it could be damaging, you know, to the people around me because a lie is like fire. You keep telling yes. them long enough and it's going to burn the whole forest down. That's exactly right. I love to hear that you, that you did that paper because um, I believe there's the need for people to stand up and say that very thing. Um, and basically after a dose of reality was put, um, put out, I opened a salon storefront, um, and then I got pregnant with my fourth baby, then my back went out and then, um, I had emergency back surgery and, um, then I got pregnant with my fifth baby and I had her in April of 14 and then my husband died in December of 14. So, Needless to say, um, I had no brain cells to ever go anywhere or do much with that book. <laughs> so with my publishing company, I just launched my publishing company this year. I intend to republish my A Dose of Reality book and actually add a few things to it that I have learned over the years since I wrote it. Um, 
because I do think it's such an, a needed message. Um, and I think it was as relevant then as it is now. And I'm hoping that it can encourage people just to think twice. Like you said, don't treat your symptoms of your issues. Really, you have to dig down to the roots of those issues to get good healing. Because if you're just treating the symptoms, um, nothing in your life is going to change, right? You've got to heal from the damage and the baggage that is, is creating the issues to start with. You know, and I think uh, doctors and counselors and therapists, I think they know that, you, you know, you know I, I think they know that. Uh, I think it really boils down to is that. Yes, but they know, don't get uh, paid for that. <laughs> they, 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 want, they want to keep that money. They want to keep that money flowing. That's you know, right. So they have to go through, you know, the smoke and mirrors, you know, just so they can keep money in their pocket. But one of the things I firmly believe you know, that if you really, unfortunately, if you want people to really accept, you know, their bad behavior, you know, take away something that they love, you know, and in this yeah. world, people love money. You hit these folks yep. in the pocketbook, and I guarantee they're going to be asking you, well, how, how should I jump? That's exactly right. So, uh, now that's a dose of reality that no one wants to talk about. <laughs> yes, so true. You know, it because is the, go ahead. Well, you were talking about um, you know, the healthcare, medical care. Um, I've started calling it sick care. Um, because it they they the industry needs you to remain sick and ill so that you will generate cash flow and money for it. And so they don't get to root issues, root problems. You know, I don't know of a single person that I know of on antidepressants that have ever had um, a discussion with our, their healthcare professional about their gut. And the gut is known as the second brain. And if you get your gut healthy, it it's amazing how much clearer your mind is. When your gut is thrown off, then your brain can be thrown off. And so wow. the gut-brain connection, why aren't doctors starting with the gut first? Heal your gut. And if your brain still can't catch up, well, then we'll go to step two. You know? It's funny that you mention that because like uh, I have post-traumatic stress syndrome from, you know, being in the military. And when I get into my episodes, you know, <clears throat> I start get, getting this really bad feeling in my gut. Mm -hmm. You know, because, you know, that is the source of where all this anxiety you know, it's coming from it, then it's, it's shoot up, you know, to your brain and your brain said, oh my goodness, you're having an anxiety attack. Yes. You know, you have an anxiety attack and then your body goes into defense, your body goes into defense mode. Absolutely. First of all, thank you for your service and happy day after Veterans Day. 
Thank, thank you so much. Um, <laughs> you know, um, I, you know, November's Day is, you know, you know, dead and gone per se, but, you know, uh, we should be honored every day. Absolutely. I'm very grateful. You know, and, you know, even with that, you know, you know, boundaries is becoming more important, you, you know, to us, uh, you know, than ever before, because, you know, even though, you know, you know, we're, you know, we're not fighting, you know, with M16s and rifles and, and things of that nature, we're, we're also dealing with a different kind of war. Yes. Yes. So I think for us, you know, uh, boundaries is, is is so much, you know, important. And that was our, you know, dose of reality that we have to deal with, you know, every single day that we live in a country that is really, let's be honest, is really not looking out for, is never really looking out for veterans. It, you're absolutely right. It does not. <clears throat> it does not. I, this may be getting us in a whole lot of deep topic, but do you want to hear my theory on, uh, on, on war and all that? <laughs> be, be my guest, you know, uh, you know, be my guest, you know, with all of my podcasts, you know, you know, just as, you know, I, you know, want to be real, I expect my guests be real. Yes, I you love know, that. Be real, be real, be yourself, be authentic. You know, the worst thing that I hate, you know, is for a person to go through, you know, smoking mirrors, you know, uh, you know, having this persona, you know, I want people to be vulnerable. You know, oh, again, yeah. this is not the, you know, again, you know, I am not here, you know, to judge, you know. But I will hold people accountable. Yeah. You know, but but before I hold people accountable, I had to be accountable to myself. Yes. I you know, that. and that's just, you know this whole thing that, for example, you know that non Christians don't understand. You know, you know, you know. I know that, you know, in my discernment, you know that hey, you know, you wrong. You know, you know, you wrong, you know, you're doing something that, you know, is wrong. I don't agree with. And the first thing to come out of my mouth, don't judge me. Yeah, right. You know, only, you know, don't judge me. Only God can judge me. And I'm like, really? Well, how does that work? How right. does God actually judges us? You know, and, and, you know, if that's not, you know, if we're not to judge anyone, then why do we have court? That's right. See, you know, you know, you you have to throw that, you know, back at them. You know, like you know what? I never really thought of it, you you know, that way. And I know the the number one deterrent, you know, deterrent is the word of God. You know, that's right. <laughs> it's that's like right. a it's like a repellent. You know, it's like a repellent to them. You throw the word, you know, you throw the word of God. You know, at the end they'd be like, Ray. <laughs> I love it. And they run. You, you know, and they run. That's just how powerful the word of God is. Absolutely. 
you know, and so what does Jesus say, you know, about that? If you can't, you know, get their attention, what does he say, dude? Dust the feet, dust, dust your shoes off, dust the, you know, dust, get the dirt. That's the right. Dust, dust out your of your feet. feet yeah. And keep on trucking. That's right. Dust your feet off and keep moving. Because, you know, for the 10 people, you know, for the 100 people that don't want to listen, you're probably going to. You're probably going to get at least 10, you know, that will. Now, keep in mind that throughout the Bible, some of the greatest things that God has done only involve a small amount of people. You know, it wasn't a whole big crowd, you know, that got things done, you know, through, you know, through the power of the Holy Spirit. It was a few. That's right. So you know, because you know, because everybody, you know, everybody's everybody's not going to listen to what you have to say, you know. But we got to say it anyway. What are we, you know, you know, like it or not? I'm like, don't be a Jonah. And that's like, right. Everybody's voice is unique for a reason. Uh-huh. Right. Don't don't be a Jonah. You know, Jonah was like, yeah, I don't want to talk to those folks. You know, they all going to hell anyway. What's that's the point? Right. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, well, what about you? I mean, you on your way too. That's right. So you on your way too. We all in this, we all in this boat together. Absolutely. <laughs> that is you know, so but true. But praise God that we have a way out. You know, I mean, you mean to tell me that, you know, you rather enjoy, you know, 50, 60 years, you know, of having your best life now, you know, rather than spending eternity with no pain and no suffering you know you don't even have to worry about you know looking the devil in the eye anymore because he's going to be right down there with y'all yep i mean it's stupid you know for someone to spend 70 80 years in their best life now you know versus spending eternity where you have to deal with no more pain no more suffering no more crying and no more war. Now, which one would you take? That's beautiful. Just saying. That's beautiful. Okay, but, you know, but, you know, back to you now. Uh, You also mentioned something about, you know, having a publishing company. So, so if I want to say that I write a book, what do I need to do? So how can can you help me? Well, currently I'm not publishing for others yet. Um, I'm just publishing for myself. So I'm, I'm the only employee of my publishing company currently. Um, I hope eventually to be able to branch into being able to grow that company a little bit so that I can do other things. Um, I am working on packages to like help people ghostwrite um, and put books out if they would like for me to. I don't have that set up yet, but yes, I can publish others. Um, I just really am not at that stage yet. Um but I'm building some systems of how I think um, the, the success story can look 
and so I am working on um, establishing kind of the the basic uh, business model for my publishing company. That is fantastic. Uh, and moving on to, you know, Christianity, spirituality. Um, how how does that uh, you know how does that uh, experience your relationship with Christ and your faith affect your life? Um, in every way, because what I'm doing now. So, you know, I've been a cosmetologist for 24 years. I had a storefront, um, that I absolutely loved. We did, um, we specialized in vivid hair, which is, you know, pinks, blues, rainbow hair, um, and color corrections. And God told me when I opened it, I would have the salon for seven years. And then all of 2019, I kept having dreams of the salon going dark with my stuff in it, which of course I didn't realize was the shutdown until the shutdown happened. And when the shutdown happened, he said to me, he said, you're done, close the salon and start writing. And I was like, oh, I'm not done. I just got a new logo. I am not done. And about a week later, he was like, you're done, close the salon. And so I was like, I am so done. And I called my staff and I told my staff and they all kind of jumped ship. And then I called my landlord and I told my landlord that um, I was going to close or sell the salon. And um, he said, I'll give you the next year for free. He said, you tell me whatever you want, you can have it. And I said, no, I said, I'm done. I said, I just need to know if I had finished my lease. And so I opened the store. We moved in on um, like December 30th of 2012. And I finished my lease in December of 2019. So seven years from when I moved in, I had completed my lease. I closed the store in June of 2020. And um, I started digging into writing and um, I'm still learning the journey that God has me on now, but it's the most rewarding and exciting thing. It's um, my brain sometimes feels like it's going to melt out of my head because I'm learning so much. Uh, it's a very different industry, the author um, industry than the hair industry. And so um, following God has just been the most amazing journey of my life. It's every step, everything has just led to so much incredible um journey i'm just um, really thankful for it so this was your experience was it like you know you know god get you know just gave you the road map or you know it was like uh abraham when you know god said okay you know i want you to uh you know leave this place and go to a place you know nothing about 
Yeah, unfortunately, yes, that was it. And unfortunately, I was not total. Okay, so when I closed the storefront, I was not supposed to go back to doing hair, but that was all I knew on how to pay bills. And so I didn't know how to totally walk away. So I am still behind the chair actively now, but um, yeah, I feel a lot like Abraham must have felt. I hope that my faith, um, I hope that God is proud of the steps that I have made. And one of my favorite scriptures is that he is mindful that we are but dust and that's in the Psalms. And I hope that my delay and being able to do all of this full-time and being full-time in ministry, um, I know he wasn't surprised by it, but I have asked for forgiveness for my sin and not just being willing to walk away and walk straight into it. And, um, and so I am so thankful right now for grace and mercy, but I am trying and working diligently every day to get into the direction of exactly the path that I know God wants me to be in. Wow, it's like, like like seven years. It's like uh, you know, a a completion of one chapter and going to you know another chapter. And sometimes, you know, when you know we tell God no, sometimes He forces our hands. Yes. You know, like He will cause you know something to happen, you know, so that you can you know, get away from that thing that God wants you to, you know, get away from. It hurts, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know it hurts. You yeah. know, I give you an appropriate example. When, you know, when God told Nineveh, uh, uh, Jonah to preach at Nineveh, he was like, are you crazy? I'm not going over there. Those people are mean, they're wicked. You know, let them all die and go to hell. I guess what happened? You know, he got swallowed up by a fish we don't even know what type of fish it was. The Bible did not mention what, you know, kind of fish it was. It, it was like God just automatically, you know, created this fish. That's right. You know, just to hold. Might've been the only time that fish ever existed. <laughs> Good being. We have no idea what kind of fish. We have no idea what kind of fish it was. That's right. But sometimes he will put us, you know, in a situation to we have no choice but to let go. Yep. And do Sorry. what we and do what we need to do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But if we just like, you know, obey him, I don't think that we have to, you know, go through those, you know, extra steps. But we're human, so we're hard headed. Oh, that's so true. Uh, well, you know, we're, we're, you know, we, you know, we hard head, we want to do our own thing. <clears throat> so it goes back to control, right? We want control. Yeah, we want to be in control of the situation. Yep. It's exactly you, you right. Know, knowing, you know, knowing that Jesus said, look, I overcome the world. Yep. You know, you know, if I can defeat devil, you know, the devil and all his craftiness. You, you know, you know, what makes you think that, you know, I cannot handle, 
you know, your situation. Sometimes that has to be a reminder for me as well. So, That's so true. You know, you know, even, you know, when I'm speaking and uh, I'm teaching, you know, and I'm preaching, you, you know, God is talking to me too. I'm, I'm not exempt. That's right. I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not exempt. So uh, we're going to get ready to wrap up here. It was certainly, you know, uh, a fantastic, you know, conversation, you know, with you. Uh, uh, I mean, your spirit is, you know, it's amazing. It's kind of like a down to earth. You, you know, it's kind of like a, you know, down, a calm down to earth. You, you know, you know, type of person that you can have a conversation with, you know, you can laugh, you know, you can kick it with, you <laughs> Thank know, you. And it's just like really wholesome, you know, wholesome, you know, you know, and I can walk away, you, you know, you know, you know, laughing and smiling, but I, I can also, you know, take away some nuggets, you know, as well. So how can someone uh, reach you if they wanted to contact you? How can they contact you? So my website is thestephaniejordan.com um, and my Facebook is thestephaniejordan and my Instagram is at thestephaniejordan. So come visit me. I would love to see you. I put reels out and videos out um, usually about twice a week, sometimes three times a week, just about boundaries and um, challenges that, that God has put on my heart. And, um, and if you have an opportunity, um, or an event for, um, me to speak at, I would love to do that. There's a, a place on my website. You can go, um, to do that anywhere in the South is pretty easy for me. If it's outside of the South, um, we would definitely need to talk, but I'm willing to go. I love to travel. And um, thanks for having me. I've had such a good time talking with you and thank you for those sweet words. I feel the same way. Like we could just probably talk for hours. <laughs> uh, so as we do with all of our guests, we allow, you know, our guests to give the last word. It can be a quote. It can be something that's, you know, on your heart. It can be a confession. It can be a testimony. It can be words of wisdom, words of knowledge, you know, whatever. So what do you what are your last words to the audience? I'm gonna give you a little um thought that I have been thinking about recently, something I'm working on for myself. So the three places I'm really working on for myself and establishing boundaries is one, when people tell you who they are, believe them. Two, if people do not show that they are caring for you, the way you think, the way you feel, you have to be okay with letting them go. And three, you cannot cheerlead people past where they want to be. And those are very, very deep places that I'm having to work on right now now in my life so set boundaries find some places in your life that you need to really set boundaries hold that line don't let fear move in and get good relationships in your life 
and let the Holy Spirit lead you and guide you on how to do that. Uh, some great words of wisdom. And with that, we're going to close out. Stephanie, it was definitely a pleasure to uh, have a conversation with you. I felt this was more of a conversation and not necessarily an interview. Uh, that's what we try to you know, do here. Uh, so thank you so much. Uh, uh, best wishes on your you know, next chapter. Most importantly, uh, allow the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you not only into all truth, but to also uh, the many chapters that you're going to have in your life. Amen. Thank you so much. So good to and, be here. And uh, thank you, uh, listening audience, viewing audience, for uh, being with us today. Please join us next Saturday, where we have another great author, would be a publisher, could be a blogger, a video blogger, who knows? Uh, but tune in anyway. We're going to have a great time. So until then, thank you so much and have a great evening. The views expressed on this program are those of the guests and not necessarily the views of management and staff of OBS Radio, OBS International, and Greater Works Business Services. Guests who appear on this podcast are not required to pay a fee and is made possible by RadioGuestList.com. For more information, please visit our website at www.obsintl.cf. Follow OBS on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash broadcast section. If you want to contribute financially to help us continue broadcasting, please go to paypal.me.obsintl. Thanks for tuning in. We will see you next time. This is OBS Radio, a service of OBS International, a division of Greater Works Business Services.